right, well, we are going to talk about hearing God's voice. Uh, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because uh, it's one of those things that I think is obviously incredibly pivotal uh, for our lives, but it is also something that is uh, maybe a, a little bit, I don't know, it's kind of confusing, right? Like, how do we hear the voice of God? Uh, and so we're going to open in prayer. We're going to dive in. Uh, I do want to leave some time for you guys to practice hearing God's voice in your life. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fly through some of this stuff. Uh, so turn to your neighbor, say, buckle up. Very good. All right, let's pray. Lord, we believe that your voice is constantly present in our lives. And, uh, and so I just pray that we would, uh, Lord, we believe that you're already talking to every single person in this room. So I just pray that you would start to uh, just help us over the course of the next 45 minutes to uh, tune in our radios to that voice. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here's the deal. is that A lot of times when uh, just the name of this session is a little bit, I think, somewhat misleading. When we hear uh, the word voice, we think of an actual voice, right? An audible voice that is communicating something to us, all right? And uh, what I'm about to share with you is probably... Uh, it's it's not necessarily just that, all right? Uh, I know people who have heard the audible voice of God, but 95, well, not 95, I would say 99.9% of the time, uh, God does not speak in an audible James Earl Jones voice, right? And then that's kind of, you know, a lot of times we would think when we say, oh, the voice of God, we think about the clouds parting, a beam of sunlight coming through, and it's like, this is my beloved son, right? It's like the Bible, the audio of Bible guy, you know, it's like, ooh, I could listen to this guy all day, you know, just go to sleep. That's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about today is how to essentially allow uh, the, the voice of God, meaning the, guide, the guidance of God, direct and shape our lives. And a lot of times you might have heard your small group leaders say, or you might have heard uh, me or Paul say, well, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, or I, f- I, I heard God say, what do we actually mean by that? And so we're going to... Uh, We're going to cover 10 keys to hearing God's voice for direction in your life. How many of you would like God to be part of your decisions? In the next five years, you are going to decide a career. You're going to decide where you're going to live. More than likely, the spouse that you are going to marry. Uh, You are going to decide who you're going to be friends with, which is going to determine significant pathways for your life. And if Jesus is not in the center of these decisions, if he's not guiding these decisions, you can set yourself up for a life of baggage and failure. (laughs) But if Jesus is the Lord over these decisions, you can set yourself up for a life of success and kingdom influence. The three most important decisions in your life is who is going to be your master, whether or not Jesus is going to be the master of your life, what is going to be your mission, why are you here, and who is going to be your mate. Those are the three most important decisions, and God's voice wants to be part of those things. And so ten keys to hearing God's voice for direction in your life. Number one, it is easier than you think. It takes practice, 
But hearing God's voice is easier than you think. A lot of times we, uh, uh, we hear stories about, you know, we hear a missionary come, like, and then I heard God's voice say this. Well, what does that actually mean? It's actually easier than we think. Number two, second key, is that we need to avoid assumptions. Again, I think sometimes we assume that the voice of God is going to sound like the James Earl Jones voice, booming from heaven, but in 1 Kings chapter 19, we hear an instance when the prophet Elijah needs to hear the voice of God. If you know this story, he uh, had done uh, incredible feats for the Lord, and then he actually ends up, uh, his life gets threatened, he runs away, he's depressed, suicidal, and he needs to hear God's voice, and God says, go up to a mountain, I'm about to pass by. He climbs up this mountain, and he, uh, and he essentially, the, 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 this, there's this giant earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, the Bible says, and then there was a giant uh, wind, but the Lord was not in the wind, and then there was a giant fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and then there was a, just a gentle, small voice. And it was in the gentle, small voice that Elijah heard the voice of God. And so sometimes we, we think that we have to have these radical moments with Jesus, right? That in order to hear God's voice, I need to be sitting right here on this carpet tile at Breakaway. Because last time I was on this carpet tile at Breakaway, the Lord spoke to me, right? Yes, can the Lord speak to you at this carpet tile at Breakaway? Yes, is he going to speak to you this weekend? Yes, but you do not need breakaway to hear God's voice. God's voice is just can be just as loud in your bedroom, in your bed, in your car, at small group, at Chi Alpha, on a Wednesday night at UAF or a Thursday night at UAA. The voice of God can happen can can speak into your life anywhere and everywhere. Okay? Third key is that we need to have absolute surrender. In order to hear God's voice, you cannot conjure it up in your own strength. If it was possible to somehow have guidance from your flesh, from yourself, from just self-discipline, then Christ would have died for nothing, right? He died for us so that we could have access to the throne room of God, and it is only through Jesus that we hear the voice of God, okay? All right, so we need to position ourselves in a place of, no, no, it is only through Jesus that I hear from Jesus. All right, and then number four, we need to avoid pondering the no-brainers. Okay? If God's word says, do it, do it. If God's word, (laughs) yes, I just saw somebody do the Shia LaBeouf motion, all right? God's word says do it, do it. If God's word says don't do it, don't do it. So funny, I got guys all the time that I'm discipling, pouring my life into, and they're like, Steve, I found the one. (laughs) And I say, oh, that's awesome. Good for you, I'm so excited. Does she love Jesus? Well, I mean, uh, well, my friend, the Bible says, do not yoke yourself to an unbeliever. Sorry, the word of God did not tell you to date that young lady. 
and did not tell you to marry that young lady. The word of God says don't do it. So the Lord has already spoken. Okay, now that does not mean that today, it's like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that any believer, I can marry just anybody, right? No, don't do that either, all right? <laughs> if the word of God says do it, do it. If the Lord, and, and I love, I love it. And A-Rod hinted at this this morning. It was like, oh, yeah, I, well, I don't know if I want to go on a Chi Alpha missions trip. I'm praying about it. Well, the, Lord of, the, the word of God says to go into all the world. So go into all the world. It's pretty simple. Congratulations. You heard the voice of God. Sometimes people are like, oh, I just, I just don't know what God is saying to me. Well, have you read scripture lately? Because if you haven't, quit your whining, right? <laughs> Anyways. All right. Key number five. Position yourself to hear God's voice. You can't expect to hear someone speak if you are not in the vicinity of them. And if you have not practiced learning their language. I know when my wife is sad. I know when my wife is anxious. I know when Aaron is happy. I know, and I, I can interpret what she's saying more clearly because I've spent a lot of time with my wife. So in order to hear God's voice, we need to position ourselves to hear God's voice. We do that, right, through worship, through the word, through prayer. And we start to learn what the voice of God sounds like and doesn't sound like in our lives. And the, the rest of these are going to make more sense if we have enough scripture hidden in our heart to be able to say, oh yeah, that lines up with the nature and the character of God. You see what I'm saying? And I think sometimes we just kind of uh, fill in the voice of God. And the voice of God sounds a lot like the nature and character of our flesh. We're like, well, yeah, I'm just going to go do this. Well, in order to, to hear God's voice, we need to understand that who God is. And we do that through reading his word. We do that through spending time in worship. We do that through spending time in prayer. And we do that through a thing called fasting, all right? I think one of the greatest ways to hear the voice of God is by practicing fasting. Now, what is fasting? Fasting is not eating. All right. So when we fast, there's nothing like necessarily magical about just not eating a sandwich. Right. Like it's like I didn't. It, that's yeah. There's nothing magical that happens in the actual act of fasting. What Jesus is always concerned about is the position of our hearts. Right. And so when I fast, what I am doing is I am putting my heart. I am posturing my heart in a position of a being reminded of my total dependency on Jesus. So every minute I get hungry, right, I am thinking about the fact that my sustenance and everything that I need does not come from the earth. It comes from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it puts me in tune with his voice. See what I'm saying? It's about a heart position thing. And when I read scripture, I am saying, I don't know everything. I need God's word in my life, right? 
when I worship, I'm posturing myself in an area of total surrender. I'm posturing myself in admitting that I'm small and God is really big and awesome, right? And when I do that, I'm positioning myself to hear God's voice. And I think this is a little bit of a side note, but uh, we need to make sure that we are a place where the Holy Spirit wants to hang out, right? In fact, in Ephesians 4, it actually says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. That when we have unrepentant sin in our lives, that the Holy Spirit is grieved. And I believe that in order to hear the voice of God clearly in our lives, sometimes we need to get the junk out of the way, okay? You guys, some of you learned about that at Overcoming Sin and whatnot. All right. Number six, we got to keep rolling. Is that we need to quiet ourselves. In 1 Kings, right, God spoke to Elijah in a gentle and quiet whisper. Our world is very, very loud. Right? And our attention is constantly being grabbed by something. In fact, I would go so far as to say every single person in this room has a media addiction. Some of you are like, no, no, not me, Steve, not me. No, actually you do, all right? These puppies pour out the dopamine in your brain, my friends, all right? Look it up. It's, the science is very clear. Every single one of us is at some way, shape, or form addicted to this thing or the dopamine shots that our social media gives us, all right? Now, this session is not about that. What I'm trying to say is that we need to practice shutting off the world because the voice of the world is very, very loud. One of the practical ways I do this is by grabbing a pen and a paper and journaling. Why? Because it slows down the world for long enough to just let me sit and process some thoughts with God. And so we're going to practice this in here for just a second. We're going to sit quietly in the Lord's presence for two minutes. Okay? I don't want you to journal anything. I don't want you to write anything. I don't want you to look at your phone. All right? And we're just going to sit in God's presence. We're going to practice quieting our souls. And what I want you to do in these next two minutes is I just want you to try to focus on God. Okay? Not on something that you want from God. Not on something that you're, you know, whatever. Uh, this is not the time to be praying that you have an opportunity to talk to that girl. Uh, all right? This is just... A time. I don't know why I went there. But we're just going to focus. I just want you to focus on God. Maybe pick one character trait of God. Just one character trait of God. Maybe it's his goodness. Maybe it's his justice. Maybe it's his love. Maybe it's his peace. Maybe it's his gentleness. Maybe it's his kindness. Maybe whatever it is, right? Just focus on one nature or character aspect of God for two minutes and just see if he says anything to you. All right? Go.
That was two minutes. Did it seem long or short? Was it easy or hard to keep your mind and your focus on the Lord? One of my favorite things about this practice of being still before the Lord is that I believe it, it, it identifies idols in my life. You see, the things that when I try to quiet myself in the Lord's presence that I think about, that distract my thoughts from God, by definition, my friends, that is an idol. The Lord just spoke to you. As we focus on, try to focus on God, and I get distracted, right? That in and and of itself is like the Lord speaking to you and revealing to you that, hey, my child, the thing that you're anxious about, the things that is consuming your thoughts, that is God's way. That's one of the ways that God says, hey, I'm identifying an area of your life that is actually bigger than me, and I want that. Give it to me. See what I'm saying? So for some of you, congratulations. The Lord just revealed something to you. And so in essence, the Lord spoke to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, that's pretty cool. All right? Right? Like, that's pretty cool. Anyways. Relaxing in God's presence is also rejuvenating. I I love it. So practice shutting your brain off. I'm going to tell a story about that later. All right, number seven is as we practice hearing God's voice, one of the keys is to worry about the small steps rather than the big steps. God made us distance runners, not long jumpers. And so what is God asking me to do right now? You've maybe heard it said that God cannot steer a parked car more appropriate way to say that is God chooses not to steer a parked car, I suppose. But I think a lot of times we get so consumed, especially when we're going to college, right? What am I going to do? Who am I going to marry? What's going to be my career, right? We're worried about all of these five-year plan things. And God's like, yo, listen, just be obedient in the next five minutes, please, right? Sometimes we get so consumed by the five-year plan that we forget about the five-minute plan. <laughs> so five-year plan says, who am I going to marry? The five-minute plan says, please stop looking at porn before you try to get into a relationship. See what I'm saying? That's the five-minute plan. And God says, Yo, my friend, don't even think about getting into marriage before we have this five-minute obedience thing happening here. Okay? You see what I'm saying? Worry about the five-minute plan rather than the five-year plan. Oh, what what do you want me to do with my life? Well, um, I'd like you to be a person of influence for my kingdom in your classroom right now. See what I'm saying? Well, I want to go do these great things for you. Well, what are you doing in biology 101, right? Because I have something for you right now in that classroom. And it probably involves you 
inviting somebody in that classroom to small group or two, Chi Alpha, right? Okay. Or just simply into your life, right? I remember uh, my, my first job in Chi Alpha, okay, uh, was, um, well, yeah, I, my first job in Chi Alpha was simply inviting every single person that I met to my small group. That was my first job. I wasn't even leading that small group. I was just a, like, a young freshman whippersnapper guy, all right? And I had no, I had no idea what else to do other than just like, hey, small group's cool. I'm just going to invite everybody I know, all right? And every single person on my dorm floor got invited to my small group. And today, there are four people in full-time ministry from Reed Hall Floor two, because every single person got an invitation to small group. It was that simple. And what happened to Steve is that there's like this birthing of a desire inside of me. And God's like, see, Steve, you're having a lot of fun, aren't you? It's like, yeah, I am. This is awesome. It's like, maybe you're called to this. It's like, oh, cool. All right. And it just kind of became obvious, right? There was no, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's moments when the Lord spoke, but there was no, like, thus saith the Lord moment in my life. It was just kind of like, hey, check this out. You're having a lot of fun. Let's keep rolling with this. This is working, right? So worry about the small steps rather than the big steps. Number eight is what God is saying stand the test of time. Okay, so now we're getting into a little bit more. You're feeling like maybe you're, oh, man, the Lord's maybe called me to this thing. I, I'm feeling a tug on my heart, like uh, an, an impression inside of me. A lot of times I'll ask, Does, is this standing the test of time? In other words, was I caught up in the emotion of an event? Was I caught up in the emotion of a missions trip? Was I caught up in the emotion of a uh, seeing somebody who just looked very beautiful and smelled really, really nice, right? Or, because I think that the, the call of God will stand the test of time. When I got called to Alaska, I remember, uh, I remember the Lord, I, I was feeling prompted by the Lord that he wanted me to move to Alaska to Pioneer Chi Alpha at UAA. And uh, I was like, okay, here we go. And so I decided that I was, I was graduating from college. This is where I was going to go. And the doors just kept shutting and just kept shutting and just kept shutting. Right? But two years later, after I was out of school for two years, that same passion still was growing in Steve. Right? And I was able to come to Alaska even more confident in the voice of God because that calling had stood the test of time. It had weathered storms. It had weathered what seemingly were closed doors. And so I was able to say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, yeah, no, this is where the Lord has me going. And so asking yourself that is, now sometimes the Lord asks you to act quickly, all right? So uh, if you're wondering, should I invite this person to small group? Uh, Don't let that one stand the test of time, all right? The Lord said, make disciples, go make disciples in your, in your classrooms, okay? All right. Number nine is to be real with God. Jesus, as we watch him pray, 
he never really sugarcoated his prayers, right? That night that he was praying in the garden, he did not just use the words that sounded pretty. In fact, as we look at him the night before he got crucified in the garden, uh, he was agonizing over the fact of what he was over what he was about to go do, right? Uh, to the point, so much so that he actually sweat drops of blood. Now, uh, Jesus, in that moment, asked God to take this cup from him. In other words, he was real, right? He's like, this is what I'm feeling right now. I think that when we bring our feelings, our emotions, our anger, our frustration, our disappointment, our sadness, our depression, our anxiety does not scare God. And he already knows that we're dealing with all of it, right? And when we go to him with it, it allows him to speak into it. We have invited him into that. And so now all of a sudden, he can combat what you are thinking with truth in your life. He can combat like your thought processes with yeah, but statements, right? Like, yeah, but Steve, remember. It's like, God, nobody loves me. Yeah, that's not true, Steve. You know that, right? And even if the entire world hates you, you still got me, bro. It's like, ah, you're right. Awesome, right? But that doesn't change. If I never bring those thoughts before the Lord, right? We've all thought them, right? Oh, everybody hates me. I'm no good at this. I stink. I blah, 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 right? Everything that the devil fills our minds with. If we never go to God with those failures, fears, doubts, things that upset us, right? Even if it's like, God, I, I'm, I'm kind of ticked right now. I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty frustrated with you. This doesn't make sense, God. This doesn't make sense. Why would you be doing this? And in those moments, he speaks into that stuff. Elijah did this, right? He says that, uh, it's, it's so funny, uh, when we look at 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah comes to before God and he says, I have been faithful and there's no one left. I'm the only one who cares about anything anymore. And you're not even listening to me. Right? And he asks, and then he goes, and he goes, I'm just going to sit here under this tree and then die. <laughs> it's like the most dramatic emo thing you'll read in the Bible, right? And you're all laughing. You're all laughing, but we've all been there before, right? And God says, it's so funny, God, God literally gives him a snicker bar, and he says, you're not yourself when you're hungry, all right? All right? And he's like, wake up, eat. Like, come on, man. And he, he eats his snicker. You read it. Read it. This actually is happening in Scripture. He eats his snicker bar, and he's still got a bad attitude, right? And, and so God puts him down for a nap. It's just hilarious. And then he wakes up. He's still upset with God. And God reminds him, right? Remind, he, at the end of this whole circumstance with God, he reminds him, 
Elijah, get up. I have purpose for you. And I have a plan for you. And he gives him instruction. And he says, you're not the only one left. I know you feel alone. But I've reserved a bunch of people in Israel whose knees have not bowed to the idols. You're not by yourself. And by the way, there's something I need you to do. I need you to go anoint this young prophet guy who's going to take your place and you're going to train and you're going to disciple. There's things to be done. Let's go. And Elijah's obedient and he goes. That moment, I don't think scared God, but that was exactly what Elijah needed in that moment is there was some things that he was believing but if he not gotten real with God, if he just shut his mouth and walked away, uh, who knows, right? Who knows how Elijah would have ended his life? All right. Then finally, number 10 is to follow your passions, promptings, giftings, and peace, right? I believe this is as we pursue God, Right, Our passions start to become similar to God's passions. And he plants things in us that just kind of feel like, man, they just feel like promptings, right? In the book of Acts, it says that it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. In other words, because they were spending extravagant times with Jesus, they had become more like Jesus, and there were things in their hearts that just kind of were like, yeah, this makes sense. Sometimes the peace of God is a great indicator of of now, not always, right? Sometimes, uh, sometimes things that were like, well, this absolutely may, doesn't make any sense at all for me to say yes to this. But sometimes the the peace of God is a great indicator of like, yeah, this just for whatever reason, this is just making sense for me right now. And I'm gonna add number eleven is this is that you well, maybe not number eleven, but just understand this maybe as a caveat to to number ten is that. When you are sorting through this, it is always really important to have editors in your life. For people to say, like, hey, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I'm being called this way. Somebody who can ask you real questions about your real motivations, about your real why. Why are you wanting to do that? And can look out for you when you're about to do something really stupid. Okay? I had a, a well, yeah, we won't get into that. Because I want to keep rolling here. Okay, so we're going to change gears a little bit now. And we're going to, uh, have you ever had somebody come up to you and pray for you? And they prayed for you very, very specifically about something in your life that you're like, how did you know that about me? Right? Anybody? Okay, a couple of you. All right, or have you ever heard a preacher say, uh, or somebody like the, the other day at UAA Chi Alpha, Brianna got up and said, hey, I just feel like the Holy Spirit was saying and she had a word of knowledge for the group. You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, Brianna, how, how did you hear that, right? Uh, that doesn't even make any sense as to how that became downloaded to you. You see, in the Bible, we would refer to these as spiritual gifts. In other words, the Holy Spirit speaking something to us to speak to somebody else, all right? So we're going to switch gears here just a little bit, and we're going to get into kind of a, a practical way to hear God's voice through 
a spiritual gift. Does this make sense? So the first part of this was all kind of like real practical, just like day in, day out stuff. Uh, now we're going to get into uh, what Jesus promised as gifts of the Spirit uh, being done through us as we, uh, you know, what he would refer to as signs and wonders accompanying the preaching of the gospel. Okay? So 44 times in the book of Acts, we see a recorded gift of the Holy Spirit on display. And in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, it says, The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. How many of you have weary people around you? Okay? You should all be raising your hands, all right? If you interact with human beings, you're going to have weary people around you. And wouldn't it be cool if the sovereign Lord gave you a well-instructed tongue to know the word that would sustain them in their weariness. Wouldn't that be awesome? Okay, so I want to give you five quick ways to hear from the Holy Spirit on for somebody else and what we would refer to or the Bible refers to as a spiritual gift, okay? Uh, and we actually, we're just going to do four. Yeah, we're going to do four. All right. Number one is to think it. Think it or hear it, all right? Everybody uh, close your eyes, okay? And I want you to uh, think about somebody saying hello to you, all right? All right, now open your eyes. Could you all hear the word hello in your brain, all right? I believe that sometimes the Lord has us think or hear things in our thoughts, right? And that that's a way that uh, we don't know why we know something or we don't know why we were thinking something, but the Holy Spirit sometimes speaks to us in this way. In John 4, we see Jesus interact with the woman at the well and Jesus knew things about that woman's life that we can't really necessarily explain or uh, that, that he could not necessarily explain. It was the Holy Spirit working in Jesus to tell somebody or tell Jesus about something going on in that woman's life. In Acts 9, we see this guy named Ananias who's told to go talk to this guy named Saul. And essentially when we read that, it's essentially him hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Whether it was audible or just the thought in his head, right? I think we've all, uh, we've all had this before. Actually, maybe more than you would think. Have you ever uh, been maybe just like, you're just doing something random and all of a sudden some person that you had not thought about in a while pops into your head, right? And you're like, why am I thinking about that person? The next time that happens, I want to encourage you to do something. Stop what you're doing. Pray for that person. And say, Lord, I don't know what's going on in their life right now, but I just pray. If, you, if, that, if they randomly popped in my head, maybe they need prayer. And then I want you to text that person as long as it is appropriate. All right. If it's, uh, if it's the girl that just dumped you, it's probably not the Lord. All right. All right. Just leave her alone. Just leave her alone. All right. But text that person and say, hey. You're on my mind today. I just want you, to, want you to know that I'm praying for you. And if you pray for them, when you, when you pray for them, 
ask the Lord, Lord, is there something going on? Or is there something that you would like me to encourage them in? And it might just be as simple as, hey, just praying for you. And I've, I, I do this a lot, that the Holy Spirit speaks to me in this way a lot. And it is amazing to hear people say, oh, Steve, thank you so much. It has been a terrible day. Oh, thank you so much. We received terrible news today. Oh, that really encourages me. I've been, I've been in a funk lately, right? And it is a reminder to them, right? It is a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. Isn't the Holy Spirit good? Ah, oh, he's so good. All right. Number two is to say it. I believe that sometimes words just come out of our mouths, right? Jesus promised that God will give us the words to say, right? In Acts 13, it says that Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak, right? Sometimes, uh, I, I believe that the Lord sometimes speaks to us as we're uh, somebody, and this, uh, this happens, it's funny, when I, we do a lot of like, you know, one-on-one discipleship in Chi Alpha, and you have no idea how many sermons have been birthed because of a one-on-one conversation that I have with somebody. That we're sitting there, we're talking, and the Lord just kind of downloads some wisdom, and I speak it out, and it's like, I'm kind of sitting there, I'm like, oh, wow, that was actually pretty good. And I'm like, just played off as cool, Steve. Played off as cool, right? And they leave, and I literally, I'm like, that's becoming a sermon, right? But have you ever been doing this? Like, I have no idea what to say. And all of a sudden, you're speaking, you're like, whoa, this is pretty wise, right? That's the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Do not take credit for that, all right? You're not wise enough to become uh, come up with those things. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just speaks things through you. And, and yeah, anyways, we're going to keep rolling, all right? So, uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're not going to get into that. All right. Number two is I believe that sometimes you see things, that the Holy Spirit shows you things. Now, everybody gets spoken to by the Holy Spirit differently, but close your eyes again. I want you to picture a hamburger. Some of you are like, ooh, I'm hungry, right? All right, open your eyes. Did we all picture a hamburger? It wasn't hard to have a picture in your brain, right? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will download pictures in your brain. It says in Acts 14, Paul saw a man's faith to be healed, right? In Acts 27, we see an instance in which the Lord gives somebody a vision. Sometimes the Lord will download pictures to you. And then it is your responsibility to say, what does this mean for this individual? And, uh, one of the, the first times that I'd ever been used in a spiritual gift I was actually at this camp. I was uh, back in 2010. And I had been asking the Lord, I said, Lord, I really want to be used in a spiritual gift. And the Lord spoke something very significant. This is a little bit of a rabbit trail. But the Lord said, Steve, do not pray to be used in a spiritual gift. Pray that your heart would be ready to be used in a spiritual gift. And I meant to say that at the beginning of all this, but I want you to hear that. Pray that your heart would be ready to be used in a spiritual gift. It is God's will that you would be used in spiritual gifts. Did you know that? You don't need to pray that, all right? 
God said, in, right, avoid pondering the no-brainers. God said, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Jesus says that signs and wonders will accompany the preaching of the gospel. It is his will that he would be glorified through spiritual gifts. You don't need to pray for that. You need to pray that your heart would be ready to be used in the spiritual gift. That you'd get out of the way, that it wouldn't be about you, it wouldn't be about your pride, it wouldn't be about your glory. All right? So pray that your heart would be ready to be used in a spiritual gift. So I started to pray that prayer every single day, and I was drifting off to sleep one night, and all of a sudden, a like a, a mental picture of the of the nurse that was working out here at camp popped into my brain. All right, I was like, "That's weird." All right, uh, and so I was sitting there. I was like, "Lord, why am I thinking? And why why did I picture this person? Why am I thinking about them right now?" And the Lord just very like quietly, gently uh, laid it on my heart that I was supposed to pray for that individual uh, to receive healing in their hip. I was like, okay, that's weird, all right? And there wasn't like an audible voice from God. It was this just this thought and like, you know, when you just know something and you're not sure why you know that thing, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just that instance was in my, that, that, that thing was in my heart. And so I had never been really used in this way before. I was very, very nervous. And I thought to myself, okay, tomorrow, I kind of made one of those deals with God. You know what I'm talking about? All right. Where I was like, okay, I said, Lord, this is weird, but if this is your will, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to walk by the nurse's station. If she is in the nurse's station and the door is open and there is nobody else in there, I will take that as a sign from you that I'm supposed to actually pray for her. If not, deal's off, right? <laughs> it's like terrible, all right? So I go, I'm walking by the nurse's station, and I'm secretly, like, because how are you supposed to go ask a middle-aged woman, hey, you got hip problems, you know? <laughs> Weird, Okay. So I'm about to walk by her, the station. I was like, please don't be in there. Please don't be in there. Please don't be in there. I look, and I'm like, did the pass by, right? Creepy pass by. I'm like, look, I'm like, oh, man, she's in there, right? So I'm like, come on, Steve. And I thought to myself, Steve, just go back and pray for her. What do you have to lose? You're in Alaska for the summer. You're never coming back here. You're never going to see her again, right? <laughs> Ironic. She actually goes to our church in Anchorage now, all right? All right. So, so I'm like, fine, whatever, just full send. Here we go. So I, I walk up, I go, hi, I'm Steve. I'm one of the camp interns here. I, I felt like I was supposed to pray for you. She goes, oh, okay. I said, I felt like I was supposed to pray for, for healing for you. And she's like, oh, okay. I was like, like, Steve, go for it, go for it, right? I was like, ah, this might be weird, but. I felt like I was supposed to pray for your hip. She goes, okay. Is it possible you have hip problems? She goes, yeah. And I go, okay. I felt specifically like the Lord said that we were supposed to pray for your right hip. Is, is your right hip bothering you? She goes, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I think this means the Lord might want to heal you, right? So I went over to her. I laid hands on her. Darren, you're going to be our nurse right now. And I said, I, I, it was a very quick prayer. I said, Lord, I believe that you would not have laid this on my heart and spoken this to me if you had not wanted to heal my friend. And so I just pray healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so we, we uh, I said, well, did, 
So how's it feel? And she goes, Steve, this is the weirdest thing. I have a warm tingling sensation all the way from my lower back to my, or to my lower leg. And, she, and I go, I, I think that means it's working? I don't know. <laughs> I had no idea, right? And about four days later, she walked up to me at camp and she said, Steve, I just want to thank you. This has been the first week in as long as I can remember that I went a week without pain. Isn't the Lord good? You see, it was that instance, right? You got to understand, hearing God's voice, I want you to hear this. Hearing God's voice is, takes practice. And it takes you stepping out in faith. Now, there have been many instances in my life where I thought I heard the voice of God. I stepped out and the person said, no, that has nothing to do with anything going on in my life. Right? I'm like, oh, man. Did I miss you? Well, maybe I missed you, God, and I'm going to be more, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to practice hearing your voice again. Or maybe they got insecure and they just lied to me, right? You never know. It's not up to me as to what happens when I speak something out for, in, in a spiritual gift. It has, it doesn't matter, right? It shouldn't matter. What matters is that I'm obedient, Okay, the fourth and final thing that I'm gonna, I want to share with you is that we need to, we can dream it. We can dream it. I believe that God can speak to you through dreams. God gave dreams to Joseph. He gave dreams to Peter. He gave dreams to Paul. He gave dreams to uh, Joseph in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, Joseph. I mean, it was really cool. Or he helped Joseph, yeah, interpret dreams as well. Uh, I believe that God still does this today. Can I tell you guys one more story? Is that okay? This is a, this is a cool story. And this is one of those times when Steve uh, felt really bad. All right? So this, this weirdest thing. I had the weirdest dream one night. I had this dream that I was uh, playing softball. All right? I was playing softball. And I went over to the bleachers after the softball game. And there was somebody sitting on the bleachers. And they said, Steve... We need to pray for Jeremy. He's like, oh, okay, what are we praying for Jeremy for? He's having problems with his bladder. It's like, that's weird, all right? So I woke up from that dream, and I was like, that was the strangest dream, right? Now, I wish I could tell you that I got out of bed and prayed for Jeremy's bladder, but I was like, why would I pray for Jeremy's bladder, all right? He's <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, anyways, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's good to go, whatever, I don't, that's weird, weird dream, I was like, I'm gonna have to tell Jeremy about this really funny dream I had about his bladder, all right, so I go back to sleep, and I wake up the next day, a couple days later, I, I saw Jeremy at church, all right, and I walk up to him, like, dear Jeremy, I had the funniest dream about you, man. I, I had this dream that somebody came up to me and was like, man, we need to pray for your bladder. He's like, when did you have that dream? He's like, oh, it was like Tuesday. Like, Steve, I was passing a kidney stone that night. I was like, <laughs> it's like dang it. <laughs> I go, I go, oh, man, I think that could have went a lot better for you had I gotten out of bed and actually been obedient to the Lord. My friends, there have been several moments since then. That was what the Holy Spirit needed to get my attention. There have been several. Now, not every dream is from God, all right? But I believe this, 
that when we wake up from a dream, it is okay to say, God, are you, and, and it's like impressed upon in, in our minds, right? If there's any type of spiritual component to it, we got to ask the Lord, Lord, are you trying to tell me something here? Or is it just the fact that I watched a really strange movie last night, right? And my mind was racing, whatever. But are you trying to tell me something here? And if you are, speak that to me. And if he reveals something to you, if he lays something on your heart, if you think something, if whatever else, do something with that information. A couple years ago, I had a, uh, <laughs> I had a dream about my, my niece. And I, and I had a dream that my niece was copping an attitude with her parents. And I, this time, I knew that I needed to, like, Get out of bed, and I got out of bed, and I started to pray for my niece, Julia. And I woke up the next day, and I called Julia. I said, hey, Julia, Uncle Steve here. I just want you to know that the Lord spoke to me in the middle of the night last night. I got up, and I don't know what it is that you've been dealing with, but the Lord told me to pray for you, and that uh, prayed specifically for your relationship with your mom and dad right now. And she said, oh, no. <laughs> right? And the Lord used that to bring some conviction into my niece's life because she had been copping a tooth that week. All right? So the Lord can do this, and it's really, really fun when he does, when he speaks to us in this way. All right? I'm going to leave you with this, and then we're going to go. Sorry we didn't have time. I was going to have you guys practice praying for each other, uh, but we got to get you to lunch. Uh, when the Lord, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, immediately you are going to ask yourself, the first thing that's going to come into your brain is going to be this insecure question that says, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? What if, I did, what if I'm missing it? What if it's just me? What if, ah, I don't want to go ask that person for prayer. I don't want to, uh, whatever. I don't, ah, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? Uh, the if, if I'm wrong and I ask that person for prayer, obviously they're going to like, they're, they're probably, we catastrophize, right? And I just want you, next time you hear that insecure voice in your brain, what if I'm wrong? Turn it around. And just say, what if I'm right? Because if we're going to dwell on what if I'm wrong, we should dwell on what if I'm Right, and all of a sudden, instead of vision of failure, we start to have vision in our brain of success. What if I am right? What if this is the Holy Spirit? What if this could be the moment that this individual has been waiting for in order to have a revelation to them that God is indeed real? What if this person is following Jesus for the next 75 years and is going to get to spend eternity in heaven all because I just got out of my comfort zone? Okay, I can do that. And my friends, when we step out in faith in this way, right? Let's go down the other pathway. Well, what if you're wrong, right? What's the worst that could happen? You walk up to somebody and you say, hey, I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you right now. What's the worst that could happen? Well, the worst, let's just go to the extreme. She said, well, they could say no, right? No, the worst that could happen is that they could, ah! Ah! I picked the wrong person for this. No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the worst that could happen. The worst that could happen is he could be packing and he could pull out a gun and shoot me dead. Right? He could, I mean, anybody you talk to, at some point, they have the decision, they could kill you, right? Every, every relationship, all right? 
That is one of the infinite options that could have happened in that conversation, right? But now, listen, listen. As a man or woman of God, Jesus says that if we die for him, that we are going to receive a martyr's blessing in heaven. So even if you get shot dead because of obedience from the Lord, right? Obedience to the Lord, you still win, right? You still win. So if the worst that can happen is that you receive blessings for eternity. No matter what, we win. The worst that could happen is that you learn how to hear God's voice a little bit better. You learn how what God's voice sounds like, or maybe what God's voice doesn't sound like. And that's a good thing too. You still win. Amen? All right, let's pray, and we'll go get lunch. Lord, thank you for uh, everybody's grace to give me a few extra minutes today, and I just pray that you would bless uh, the rest of our day. Uh, but Lord, we pray specifically that we would listen to your voice. For those in here that need to hear your voice for the practical day-to-day stuff, would we avoid pondering the no-brainers? Would we be obedient in that five-minute plan, whatever it is that you're calling us to do? And would we be guided by you, Holy Spirit, in every decision? And for those who want to be used by you in spiritual gifts, to hear your voice, to know the word that sustains the weary, would you speak to them and would you give them obedience? Would they start to learn what your voice sounds like based off of trial and error, even if they have to? Lord God, would they just, would, would you, uh, would they be faithful, maybe even in the littlest things? so that you can entrust them with much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.